Hey folks, welcome to Older and Wiser. I'm Bob Bates in Los Angeles, joined once again by my friend Susan Sakura in Northern California. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Hey, I saw this item in uh, at CNN, uh, the website there. Pew survey finds partisan hostility has risen dramatically. There's a lapse in morality that some people feel uh, on the part of the opposition party, whatever that is. Um, do you remember the good old days when Republicans and Democrats could get along? I remember every Sunday when we went to my Aunt Lee's, and um, the, this was the Italian side of the family, and my father and my Aunt Lee were the two that were the most vocal about things, and usually they were talking about local politics in Long Branch, New Jersey, um, and there would be some issue on the ballot or whatever, and he'd, he'd say, you should vote this way, and she'd say, no, you should vote this, and they would argue, they would discuss the issue. Yeah. But, and did it get heated sometimes? A little, yeah. They're Italian. <laughs> But when it's over... But when it's over, we went home, and everything was fine. Nobody walked out in a huff. And also, if you ran into each other through the week, or you, or you whatever it was, it was fine. And It was fine. And you were back, and it was okay. Everybody loved each other, and it was okay. Well, that was a good discussion, and goodbye. In those days, you just had a political difference, but you still believed that the person on the other side was still a good person. They just had different views. Exactly. Today, things have changed a lot. According to this recent survey, uh, Democrats describe Republicans as being uh, more closed-minded, dishonest, immoral, and unintelligent than other Americans. And not surprisingly, the Republicans feel exactly the same way about the Democrats, except for one thing, they add lazy to the list. <laughs> lazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Democrats are on top of all that. They're immoral and horrible people, but they are also lazy. Okay. So. okay. And, and you, you know what you, the, know, you know what, what that, that all means? means? What does all that mean? We're not going to get anywhere if we don't if we're not able to talk to each other. And and I think this has gotten ugly. I think because um, and I think since January sixth, because it was violent and because we were watching it, and people want to deny what's happened. I, clearly, you know what side of the aisle I'm on already. But the point is, I try to remember that the other side feels the same about what I'm thinking. Democrats believe, I think, that if you support an immoral man like Donald Trump, then you have to be immoral as well. And how can I be friends with someone who's immoral? If you are a Republican, you look at the Democrats as people who uh, believe that uh, everyone should be on drugs and uh, that uh, the, that babies should be... Uh, killed you know we our opinions of the other side have become so uh polarized and kind of extreme dramatic extreme that's the extreme. and by the way i'm gonna say this and it's i don't know how it doesn't matter if it's popular or not i don't think you can blame uh trump for everything i'm not saying that he didn't no, uh i agree with you to the fire but it was ready the fire was ready to be lit the kindling was there so yeah. i think we have to look more deeply as to why people are so discontent and so and they said hillary clinton was polarizing and i'm thinking you know if you don't like hillary you don't vote for her you don't have to hate somebody who likes her it does seem as though the the, the times are changing and i'm afraid we're not going to be able to go back according to this republican 72 percent of them now say that democrats are more immoral than other americans uh, that's up uh up from 47 percent in 2016 so 
This many thought it in 2016 that Democrats were immoral. This many think it in uh, uh, 2022. Uh, interestingly, it's a pretty much the same sort of a situation for, for Democrats and how they feel about Republicans as well. Okay. Immoral. You are you do not have good morals is what we're saying to each other and boy that's something that's really hard to take back when things are not going well and i think part of that is the economy i think it's the haves and have nots i think a lot of it goes back to that people look at what's going on in their lives and they look for someone to blame whether it's the president whoever the president is in office whether it's you're poor and you blame the rich whether you're rich and you think the poor are, are sucking up everything they think they're entitled to um the immigrants i mean you name your group that you don't like and these people are getting too much and i'm not getting enough well maybe the reason you're not getting enough has nothing to do with any of these people right this is who you're blaming and i think this is what has happened, except now we do it with a whole group of people. It's all your fault. Right, right, exactly. We are in our own camps. We are concerned about our own lives, and and that's where we stand. We, and we and feel powerless to fix it. To powerless to fix it. it. We're territorial about our what we want, but we're also powerless to change anything which is absolutely right. I remember in the old days, uh, if uh, your mom and dad were Republican, then you were a Republican. I remember in high school, people would say, you know, during the election season, well, what are you, a Republican or a Democrat? Now, I didn't know, but my parents were Republicans, so I said, I'm a Republican. Uh, that sticks with people through life. According to the survey, 40% uh, of Republicans say one of the big reasons they're a Republican is because most of their friends and family are Republican. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you know, I assumed for a long time that most of my family was Dem Now, first of all, I have to say, my parents were independents. They never signed on to one party or the other. But I oh, think, interesting. But I think some of their, their voting was leaning Republican, and I don't know if they... I don't know how much they understood about what they were doing. I'm not saying they were uneducated. They weren't. Um, my mother was a high school graduate. My father went back to college and got his degree when he was an adult. Um, and reading the paper, but the whole family voted Republican. But whole, but I, well, I don't know. But I, you, I again, I'm yeah. falling into this. I'll assume what I want about, and then I'm finding out in the last six or seven years, what you're a Republican. What you're, I mean, it's right. Exactly. I, I think there's two people I can name on both sides of my family, my mother's side, my father's side, one on my mother's and one on my father, maybe three altogether, that are Democrat. It, according to this survey, it's more, it seems more common in a Republican family than Democrat, uh, Democratic families. 15% of Democrats uh, say that they are vote Democrat because most of their friends and family are also in the party. So it's lower among Democrats for some reason. If you're educated, and again, this goes to that, they think they're elite and they're better than we are. Okay, but the point is, if you went to college, and there's people who went to college and probably didn't read a crack a book in four years, I'm sure. That said, I think if you have, if you're educated, you know at least that you should either pick up a paper or read something online and read more than one source that's credible. Read more than one source that's credible. We, we, could, we could do a whole podcast about uh, where people are getting their information, of course. Here's another thing that, that is never acknowledged, okay? It's the cost of these things. For example, okay, let's say you want to get uh, the New York Times online. 
Well, now let's don't go down that. I know what you're going to say. It's expensive. But, but I'm just saying, here's the other, th the other side of that coin also, is that people are so busy working, they don't have time to read about stuff. So the quick way is to find out what are your friends doing? How are your, how are your family members voting? And you think, well, I like them. I vote for them. I, 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 I'm right. No, exactly. It's yeah. It's a quick fix, and it maybe is not giving you all the information you need. Right. A lot of people just aren't interested enough in politics to do the homework or really try to find out. It's just easier to hear what your relatives are doing, and you're easily swayed. No, it's absolutely right. Uh, let's move on to our next topic today. According to this new survey, more than 40% of U.S. adults have returned to pre-COVID normal. 40%, that's almost half. Um, by pre-COVID normal, we're talking about, uh, let's forget about the masks, unless your local uh, community... Exactly. Unless you're local. You save so much money on lipstick through all this. Never. Well, exactly. Although it's always on the inside of your mask, I would imagine. Probably. It's left of it. It's a different application. It's a lighter application. <laughs> lighter application. Um, Forty-one percent of respondents said they have moved back to pre-pandemic routines, which of course means uh, they're really not wearing masks indoor, uh, like at the grocery store or in restaurants or bars or any place else like that. They're over it. If they get COVID, they get it. They just don't worry about it. Surpri are you surprised or you feel like, yeah, that's kind of how it's looking? I, um, I'm not surprised. Um, I go into a grocery, when I go into a grocery store, I have a mask on. If I'm Me outside, too. I don't. Yeah. Um, if I go to church on Sunday, I have a mask on for most of the time. Um, if the, the, if somebody is speaking, like if the, if the, priest is speaking giving a sermon uh that's one person way up there and i'm sitting by doors that yeah. are open but otherwise if everybody's praying or singing i have my mask on do, do other people in your church wear masks as well or is uh, it just hit you? And miss now hit and miss see that's amazing to me that a big bunch of people sitting in pews would uh, be in that group for an hour or more with no mask on but they do it and i guess it's for, at least for them, it's okay. Do you still um, choose where you go based yes. on what it's going to be like in terms of ventilation and all that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm still not ready for indoor dining. Because, it's, because there's more windows and it's open. I've got so many f uh, favorite restaurants I wish I could go to. Great places, dark places with, you know, red booths. And oh, I would die to go back to the, one of those places. And I just can't bring myself to do it because I know it's an old place with bad ventilation and it's going to be crowded and can't do it. Outdoor dining for me. 20% think a return to normal is still more than a year away. I'm kind of on that you know what? I'm going to tell you, I don't think predictions really work. I've they really heard, don't. I, point. I, everybody says, I think it's a year away. I think it's over. I think we're going to get a bump. I think this, I think that. You can predict all you want. Even the doctors and the, and the scientists have been wrong and said, oh, now we've got monkeypox. I mean, you know, it's, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, but it's not the exact same procedures to keep yourself safe necessarily. Let's talk about monkeypox since you brought that up because another poll came out uh, recently, a surprising one. In fact, one in three Americans believe that monkeypox is equal or more important than COVID. That's kind of a shocker that 33% of Americans are that worried about, about monkeypox when 
I don't know if there have been any deaths. If there have, it's a handful, most of which are maybe some hospitalizations. Meanwhile, people continue to die on a daily basis from COVID. Why are people so afraid of this monkeypox? Uh, first of all, it's the uh, soup du jour, the story of the day. And that's the thing that's dominating the news right now. Also, we don't quite have enough vaccines in place. I haven't I haven't seen anything that says come here and get your monkeypox vaccine. Usually it was right. in your face with the with the COVID. Um, you know, the world is changing. There's something going on all the time that we have to think about and worry about so we don't get sick seriously. Or yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I think your your soup of the day uh, analogy is good. I I, I yeah. yeah, I think that we are something new comes along. We remember how we felt in the beginning of COVID when just a few people were getting it, and then we we now know as we fast forward through time, that it exploded into something huge. I suppose we can kind of do that with monkeypox and imagine that, well, it ain't much now, but you just wait, and a couple of years from now, we'll all be scared to death. Well, again, we're all sitting here like, you know, we're trying to be like Monday morning quarterbacks, I guess would be the analogy here, is that we don't know. You know, you have to be, I guess, the uh, we all have to get a little more zen about things. It's like be here now kind of thing. Be in the present because you can plan all you want, but or speculate or predict and, you know, or ignore the facts, it's not going to change what happens. Not going to change and we're probably going to be wrong. Only 40% believe that we're prepared or even somewhat prepared for another pandemic uh, if it were to happen. I'm beginning to get on board with those folks who are a little concerned given the fact that we've been told that we would be, that there was going to be a new um, booster for COVID-19 come fall. I don't think they're anywhere near ready to roll out a new booster for COVID-19 in the fall. It's not what I've been hearing, but it, I guess it could happen. Do we even have enough uh, COVID-19 vaccine for, for now? I don't know. I don't know either. And I'll tell you something, uh, probably except for the people in charge who say, yes, we have this and it's, it's their job to keep track of it. Um, we all don't really know. And here's the thing we do know though, when you said we're not prepared, I think in some ways, we are prepared. And the reason we're prepared is because we've been down this road and we know what to do. I think what's changed, though, is that even though we know what to do, a lot of us are tired of doing it. Right. Exactly. We, would we may not be prepared for the next one, but we're also tired of worrying about the one that we're currently And doing. if we say, you know what, I'm tired of this, I'm not doing it, then you render yourself unprepared because you're ignoring what you need to do. And if you do what you need to do, you could probably control your your risk. Yeah. But I think otherwise, if people are saying, you know what, I, I did this, I did this two years, they're not taking away my Christmas, and I want to go out pumpkin picking, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go to, whatever it is, you know, just because you decide you're going to do it, good luck, and I hope you're safe. But yeah. luck is the operative word there. Luck is the operative well, Yeah, we do, I, we're assessing risks all the time. How serious could it yeah, well, how much of a risk am I taking? What we want. Again, we're back to fill in the blank the way we want it to be. That's not how it happens. Also, the symptoms, uh, are you willing to get big lesions all over your face and so forth? Or, or are you willing to have flu-like symptoms and be home for a few You know when this changes um, for the critical mass, if you will, or I don't even know if you get to critical mass, but when it changes for some people who are hell-bent on doing what they want, 
is when something happens to someone in their family or their circle of friends, someone they love and care about, then it's a different story. Oh, yeah. this is in my world now. Wait a yes. minute. Let's be real. Happened that way with COVID as well. A lot of people weren't even believing it existed until somebody in their family died from and, it. And if you go back to when you and I worked in San Francisco on TV, if you remember AIDS, I, how much of this resonates in your head and you think, wow, doesn't this sound familiar in many ways about, you know, if we ignore this and we have to do that and it's those people, not these people. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know what, this is a virus. It's those people. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned AIDS because, of course, that was the issue with AIDS was that the general population believed that the only people who could get AIDS were gay men having sex with each other. And that's what they're saying about the monkeypox uh thing is that that it's it's confined somewhat to that population i once it breaks out of that population and other people start seeing it affects them as well i think we're going to see much more of a concern maybe yeah now they're they're saying and I, again i'm not the scientist so i'm going to make sure it's full disclosure here but uh they're saying that your chances of dying from monkeypox are very low um right. it's not the killer but it's painful. painful and of course walking around with the lesions are not going to be you know nobody's going to want you at work if you've got lesions and you look like you're going to commute you know you're going to give them something and it can it can take a long time for those to heal it isn't just a, uh, it isn't the quick 10-day thing that the COVID-19 thing is. So. And once again, we are not known, I don't think in this country, if you want to generalize for two seconds here, we're not known for patience. Patience. We have no patience. We we're want it fixed and we, we want, want it fixed to, now. Right. We want it fixed yesterday and let's move on. You know, let's move on. Speaking of let's move on, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, <laughs> I noticed this one, it was on CheatSheet.com. More and more people are using subtitles. Uh, by subtitles, I'm talking about on your uh, Netflix and your Hulu. Like closed uh, captions. Closed captioning. Do you use those? Yeah, I wondered about that. When I read that, I thought, do they mean closed captions? Because subtitles are like, you know, I'm watching a movie in French, and if, I don't, if I'm not conversant in French, I'm not going to know what's going on if I take it. I wouldn't remove those, probably. But do you ever use uh, subtitles just to understand what they're saying? Me too. Yes. We've turned it on a lot for British shows. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Or, or if there's a, somebody in the cast who has a Scottish accent, or certain actors who kind of mumble their lines. Um, yeah. 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 Or, yeah. or they speak too quickly. You would think old people would be the ones who are using closed captioning the most, but guess what? It's actually Gen Xers. It's what? <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, actually, yeah. It's young people. Yeah. They're using it um, primarily because they're using uh, smaller screens. They're watching things on their phones. And, That's um, true, too, yeah. Maybe See, in crowded places on the bus on the way to work or something. So they're, the 73%, uh, according to this, of Gen X respondents said they are using subtitles all the time. Huh. Interesting. Huh? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's probably, I think you're right. It's got to be the small screen. Uh, to me, unless I need to see something on the news or... I don't know if there's some reason I have to entertain myself because my, I go to a doctor's appointment and they're going to be three hours late. Um, I don't need to watch that stuff on a small screen because if I'm going to watch Succession, I'm watching it on my big screen. Yeah. Right, certain shows, certain shows deserve the big screen treatment. That is absolutely true. Although I, I will say this, the laptop, I find that if I watch something on my laptop, 
Um, it's the, the picture is clearer and closer and I can actually read the lips a little bit enough to not have to use the closed caption. Yeah, and you can get the screen real close. Okay, finally, we're running out of time. Uh, final topic today, this uh, item, uh, the survey reveals how much Americans actually tip at restaurants. And according to this, 27% of Americans, this was the headline that killed me, 27% of Americans, that's a big chunk, say they tip 25% or more when the restaurant is good. I love them for doing it. Uh, I have, don't, yeah, 25% is a lot of, a lot of money on top of the check that you've already Already 25% for, you know, a fast food hamburger, maybe you can afford it, but then at that point, you know, why? You wouldn't even probably tip for a fast food place, right? Right, because you're driving through most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think it's nice if you can do it, uh, and it certainly helps the people who are wake persons, but um, I don't, uh, I can't afford 25%. 20% for me is a stretch, and I always try to do that. Yeah. 20% is, is kind of the, the norm, I think, and what most people do. 41% of Americans tip 20% or more. Um, then you add that to the 27% who tip 25% or more, um, most people are pretty good tippers, at least according to this. Now, it's possible that if you're asked in a survey, are you a good tipper and how much do you tip, you're going to say, I tip really well. I'm cheap. I don't give anything. No. <laughs> so... We may not know how, authentic, how accurate this survey is. According to this, 94% of respondents will tip restaurant servers no matter what. And, of course, I think I do that. Do, do you, uh, would you withhold a tip if the restaurant service wasn't great? You know, I would probably feel funny doing that because um, there could be another reason. You know, if the food wasn't good, why take it out on the person bringing yeah. it to your table because right. he or she did not cook it? Yeah. Um, Tipping I, really I, is I, just I an obligatory it. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it were if it were a bad situation, I might mention it if I thought the person was open to hearing it. If it's very, very busy, they got a mask on, whatever it is, and they're already dealing with a lot of stress, I would probably let it go, but I might not repeat my visit there. Exactly. Okay, we got to get out of here. Uh, before we go, what is your final thought for the day, Susan? I don't know. We better find a way to talk to each other and listen. I think that's that's serious because um, if, if we don't, we just stay in these two extreme camps, you know? Totally agree. Great thought for the day. I don't Let's know see what the we... answer is, but I think it's got, we got to start somewhere because the, the more time that goes on, um, the worse it is, you know? Absolutely. Try to listen to each other a little bit more. All right. Well, that'll about do it for us today, folks. We're glad you joined us for all the stuff that matters when you're 50 plus. Visit us at olderandwiser.com. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, Susan. Bye-bye.